traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome, welcome, folks. This is Steve Moore. Uh, I am the host of the More Money Show. Thank you so much to our loyal listeners. We just got our ratings last week, and we're getting great ratings. So thank you. Thank you to all of you who are regular listeners. And if you're a new listener to this show, I hope you enjoy it. We talk about a little bit about money. We talk a little bit about politics. We talk a little bit about uh, COVID and what's going on with our country. And uh, I've got to say this, WABC, you are listening, folks, to the top talk radio station in these United States of America. Uh, WABC is an amazing station. Uh, John Katsimides, who's the president of WABC, has done an amazing job of uh, turning this into a powerhouse. So it is a thrill and a privilege for me to speak with you every uh, Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. So I've got a lot to cover today. We've got a really good show. And I apologize for last week. We had a little snafu technically, uh, technologically. And uh, I had uh, my guest, um, Bob Stepanowski, who is the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Connecticut. And I know we have a lot of listeners in Connecticut. Uh, and I wanted him to talk about what is happening in in that state because it is uh it, it is a state that has just really fallen off the cliff because of liberal leadership uh and uh, uh imagine what could happen in connecticut if we got uh bob stepanowski a proven successful businessman to run that state like a business i think you'd see a resurrection of the state by the way connecticut was once the richest state in the united states it was an economic powerhouse and it's become a laughing stock, and that's because of bad leadership. And incidentally, I, I look. I think we're going to run the table. In and I'm not a rah rah Republican, folks. I mean, we Republicans drive me crazy. True, but what's happening with the Democrats and the, and the left wing takeover of the Democratic Party just breaks my heart. And and they're out of control. They've become so militaristic and so. Um, basically, when I'm putting their finger in any every area of our life that. We need to we need to give them a figurative spanking in November. And I'm here to tell you, I think the Republicans are going to win the governorship of New York. I know a lot of you are shaking your heads saying, is Steve Moore crazy? Well, you know, that's the bluest of blue states. That's true. That's true. But I think you're seeing a revolution going on in this country where people are just fed up. And that brings me to my the topic of my opening statement. Um, by the way, I will, will, will be taking your calls at the end of the show today because, as I've said so many times, it's my favorite, favorite part of the week and favorite part of the show is what I hear from you about uh, what you feel about the direction of how this country is going. Uh, so the More Money Hotline, and we'll be doing this at about 
uh, in about 30, 35 minutes. So don't call in right now, but call in in about a half hour. And that number is 800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And what I want to talk, what I want people to call in about is how concerned are you about the $30 trillion national debt? $30 trillion. That's a three followed by not nine, not 12, 13 zeros. $30 trillion is how much we've borrowed. And incidentally, just in the last two years, We've increased our national debt, folks, by $7 trillion. That's disgusting. I mean, we should be, (laughs) we have to oust these people who put us into this. Can you imagine if a CEO of a private company did this? I mean, they're raiding the Social Security Fund. They're raiding the Medicare Fund. They're raiding any penny these, these grubby politicians can get their fingers on their spending. And Biden, he wants to spend another $5 trillion. I'm not making this stuff up. Yesterday, after the jobs report came out, which was a good jobs report, I'm really happy about that. We got people re-entering the workforce finally, finally, finally. Uh, It was a good report, although the other indicators are the economy slowing down again. But Biden said we have to spend Bill Pass's Build Back Better bill, which, if they use honest bookkeeping, is $5 trillion more to the debt. I mean, I don't know. I feel like either I'm insane or the rest of the world is insane or Washington is insane because this story does not have a happy ending. When you get a government that spends and spends and borrows and prints money, I want somebody, my liberal friends out there, Democratic friends, Tell me how this is, how are we going to get out of this? You know, yeah, you can have a great time when you run up the credit cards, go out and party every night, have champagne and lobster and, and dance on the tables and, you know, just, just spend and spend and spend and stay at the Ritz-Carlton, spend $1,500 a night, do all that stuff. Yeah, you're going to feel good about it. And then the credit card bill comes in, right? And we all know we have to balance our budgets. We have to pay our bills. We have to pay our debts. Well, the United States government has to. Um, I am just so sickened by this. I really am. I cannot believe that we've allowed this to happen for our country. And again, I'm not making a partisan point because it happened to the Republicans and Democrats. I love Donald Trump. I think he did an amazing job of our, our economy, but he spent too much money. Uh, look, we have, what was it? At least 12, I think 12 and 15 or so Republicans voted for the sham infrastructure bill, the trillion dollars. Like we just have money that we can spend like it's M&Ms. I'm sick of that. And I think it is going to do great damage to this country going forward if we don't turn it around. It's like we're a a steam engine just chugging right ahead and accelerating right over a cliff. And we know it's going to happen. And I'm sick to death that nobody seems to want to do anything about it. So my point is, I think this is a time for a real revolution, folks. I mean, we have got to take the power away from the politicians and say, hell no. We are not going to let you bankrupt the greatest country on earth. Are you with me on this, folks? If you're not, tell me why I'm wrong. By the way, I'm a normally an optimistic person. I, I know I've met so many of you over the years. I've been in this business a long time. I'm an optimist. 
I, you know, they call me a happy warrior. But right now, I'm not such a happy warrior. I'm kind of an unhappy warrior right now because I see what we're doing to this great, great country. We're supposed to be the beacon of freedom, right? It's America. We're the beacon of freedom for the rest of the world. And we got a president who's outspending all the European socialist countries, for goodness sakes. Now, I want to make one other quick point. I've got a couple minutes before, left before we take uh, our first break. There's something big going on in, in the area I live in. I, many of you know I live in the Washington, D.C. area. Yes, I am in the swamp, folks. I swim in the swamp. Uh, but uh, I will say this, that in Virginia, are you all following what's happening in Virginia? Because this is coming to a neighborhood in a school district by you. The governor of the quick story here is the governor of Virginia, the new governor who was just elected, Glenn Youngkin, he was elected in November uh, in a blue state. He, he issued an executive order which I think is eminently reasonable, which says parents, parents make the decisions about whether the kids should wear a mask to school or not. Now, some of you may agree with that order. Some of you may disagree with it. Some of you may think kids should be forced to wear a mask. Others might think, no, they shouldn't be. But here's what happened. The school districts basically are involved in, I'm going to use the word, an insurrection. They are, they are defying the order of the governor, and they are not allowing these kids to go to school. These are the public schools if they're not wearing a mascot. And on top of that, now, some of the schools are letting the kids in without masks on, but they're segregating them, you know, separate but equal, separate but equal. Remember that? Uh, they are putting them in the auditorium or they're putting them in the lunchroom or they're putting them in the gymnasium and they can't be in the classroom. So they're, they're learning remotely, but they're actually in the school. But other school districts aren't even letting the kids in the doors. They're saying no. They're holding up their hands like George Wallace you know, in, in Alabama saying no, no, black kids can't come in. They're saying no, kids without masks cannot come in. Separate but equal, separate but equal. And here is even the more outrageous. By the way, these are kids who just want to learn. And their parents say, no, I don't want my kid being in a mask for seven hours a day. That's not healthy. And uh, now they are even, I'm, I'm not making this stuff up, folks, they're threatening the school establishment, the blob, the liberal teachers unions and the student and the school administrators are basically saying if kids show up for without a mask and they walk on the school grounds, they will be arrested for trespassing. Can you believe this? I mean, we pay for the schools and these arrogant, out of control, officious uh, school administrators and uh, teacher unions as they're saying, we're going to rest. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to see that happen, don't you? I want to see the kids, the Hispanic kids and the black kids and the white kids who, who, whose parents do not want them to wear a mask. I want to see the government arrest them. I want to see them. This would be uh, this is like a Rosa Parks moment. Right. It's civil disobedience, defying rules by school districts that are, um, in my opinion, unconstitutional. But the point of making, folks, is we have a government that is out of control. These politicians have become so arrogant that they think they can make the rules and they, they say to hell with the parents. We don't care what the parents say. Now, last point. Here's how you resolve this. You've got some parents, and I respect their opinion, I'm not, I'm not in any way demeaning them in any way, who think, I want my kids to be in a school where masks are worn, because I think that's safest. That's what some of these parents are saying, and that's fine. 
Other parents saying, no, I think it's unhealthy for my kid to be wearing a mask for seven hours a day and barely being able to breathe and not being able to see the faces of kids and stuff. So why don't we do this? Why don't we allow the money to follow the parents? So for those parents who want to send their kids to school with mask requirements, okay, your, your kids go to this school. For parents who don't want to have mask requirements, your kids go to this school or this school or this school. In other words, let the parents decide it's parental choice. And, this, and everybody goes away happy except for the teacher unions who want to force people to go to, to schools where they make the rules. Uh, okay, I'm going to stand. I get off my soapbox now. I want your reaction to this, folks. This is a big issue. It's going to come to New York. It's going to come to New Jersey and Connecticut, the school districts there. I guarantee you it's coming. What is the right approach? Mine is let the parents and the families make the decisions, not the bureaucrats and the politicians. Uh, I'm Steve Moore. You're listening to the more Money Show on WABC. I'm going to be talking to um, Bob Stefanowski in a little while, who is hopefully going to be the next governor of the great state of Connecticut. And he has a lot of incredible ideas about how to improve that state. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll be when we come back, I'm going to turn it over to my great friends, um, Ryan and Bob Payne, to give you an update on what's happening in this herky-jerky market. We'll be right back. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management. That's P-A-Y-N-E, of course. Here on More Money, talking markets, the economy, financial planning. Bob, it's just like not a dull moment. Lots of volatility. Some markets going up, some markets going down. Economy looks to me like it's getting better. You know, what do you make of what's going on right now? Well, what I make of it, Rob, is last year was an anomaly. What we're having this year is a correction, right? The market's down 10, sometimes 20%, depending on what market you're talking about, uh, since the new highs were hit January 4th. That seems like a million years ago, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I lived like a 1,000 lives since the beginning of January, and now it's already February, which is kind of crazy. And it's kind of interesting right now, right, because some of the, the bigger news is around the Fed and it's around the tightening of financial conditions. And I just love those Wall Street strategists, Bob. They started, like, falling over themselves to get more dire with their predictions. Now, I'm hearing that the Fed's now going to raise rates, like, eight times this year. They were saying three or four just a couple weeks ago. And I suspect here maybe, you know, the Fed's not going to be as aggressive as all these firms want you to believe. You know, I never trust those Wall Street firms. Well, you can't because they kind of use a rearview mirror to make their predictions, right? It's like, oh, let me tell you what's already happened. Um, and then they want to make headlines, so they fall over each other to see who can make the most dire prediction, uh, most outrageous prediction, so they get a you know a little bit of ink in the papers, at least when they used to have papers and they used ink, right? Uh, but, you know, Bank of England. <laughs> for my time, just, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> Bank of England just raised their interest rates for the second time, so you have two consecutive increases. I think that's probably the way the Federal Reserve is going to follow, you know, the path that they've already blazed. And you're going to see interest rates go higher. That's why you're seeing a price adjustment in the financial markets. That's right. You're seeing a lot of volatility out there, you know, where it's kind of like the tale of two markets, right? You have a lot of your old school type of sectors like energy, financials going up. But in the meantime, you're still seeing a lot of those technology companies like we had Meta or Facebook, whatever they're calling themselves now, just get hammered <laughs> this week. Because they didn't meet the, the street's expectations. But again, this is where it's really important to look at what you own in your portfolio because not everything's working the same way. And I think the one thing we can agree on here is not just in the US, but globally, financial conditions are getting tighter. 
So we're having that paradigm shift, and it's just something you need to be aware of. Well, that's the thing. When you, when you look at some of these companies where they're selling at outrageous valuations, and you know, a lot of Wall Street talk says you know, valuations, but you know, all you have to do is look at the price-to-earnings ratio, right? Price is a result of the earnings, right? There's no earnings. There's no profits. There's no price. And sometimes those prices get out of whack. Investors, they stop focusing on the company and on the profits. They start focusing on the story, and they get embedded with the story. I mean, I listened to uh, somebody on the Talking Head show this morning. They said, well, you love the stock when it was up 20%. Now you hate it. Now it's down 20%. But it has nothing to do with love or hate. It has whether or not you're investing at the right value, right? You don't buy your house after it's tripled in price. You buy it before it triples yeah. in price. Well, meanwhile, when you get past the headlines, you get past all the financial propaganda that we love to talk about, is you start looking at some of the numbers that came out this week. Like you have that ISM manufacturing numbers. It's an expansion, which means these are all positives right now, right? We look at those unemployment numbers. You know, they're, they're still look like we have a very tight labor market. We see wages going up right now. And, you know, the, the thing you have to look at here is, you know, what's happening in the economy because everything's forward looking. And, you know, I don't care what the media tells you, Bob, you know, the economy looks pretty good this year and earnings for companies look pretty good this year. These are all positives, not negatives. Well, Rod, there's almost 170 companies of the S&P 500. Um, you know, take an educated guess. How many companies are there in the S&P 500? Well, never mind. Well, anyway, <laughs> the 170 companies that have reported, almost 80 percent have beaten their analyst, analyst estimates. So earnings are coming in better than expected, which they typically do every quarter. But, you know, it's not about guessing which company is going to have good earnings, Google or bad earnings, Facebook. It's about making sure that you're invested to sustain your lifestyle and your lifetime. Right? A good client called yeah. me yesterday. He said, hey, Bob, why don't we just get out of my $10 million portfolio and sit in cash and wait and see what happens? Because everybody on the news is saying things are bad. <laughs> well, as we said before, you know, don't trust those media pundits because the market can turn on a dime. And we're seeing that, right? We're seeing some big rallies this past week. And if you're sitting in cash, you missed it. You missed the boat. So it's always a dangerous place to be when you're trying to time the market. You know, we talk about this a lot, but timing the market's treacherous. It's bad for your financial health because you just don't know when things are going to turn around and get better. I mean, we look at how bad things seemed a week ago. And look where they are today, right? We've had a lot of big rebounds in the market. So it's one of those things where it sounds so sexy. It sounds so good to say we're going to get to cash. But in reality, it's a terrible decision to make. Hey, Rye, if you've got a portfolio that's sexy, you get the wrong portfolio. Because that's <laughs> what it's about. It's not, a, you know, planning is about investing based on your plan, not, you know, investing based on what happens in the market. In other words, your plan shouldn't be adjusted because the market's being volatile. Right, because half your return should be coming from your dividends and interest. And if you take your money out of the market, you put it into cash, now you're getting a negative return. Because you know the biggest yeah. risk is, Rye, is inflation. Inflation is Wait. the biggest problem, but everybody should be worried about. Yeah. Bob, I hear what you're telling me, but I just need to know what's going to happen in Russia and Ukraine first. I just can't get invested until I know what happens, what the, what, what the end result is. So I'm going to sit in cash so that happens. That's what a client told me this week. And is that a good idea, Bob? Well, that's almost as good an idea as like, let's wait and see what happens in the midterm elections. Oh, better yet, let's wait till 2024 <laughs> to see what happens in the presidential election. Right? There's always excuses why you shouldn't invest, but the, best, the worst excuses are why you don't have a plan, right? You don't have a strategy and a discipline. Because, you know, if you have a discipline, Rye, this volatility works in your favor, right? And, you know, you had everybody get negative because the news was bad, right? And that's what happens in a correction. They're short, they're sharp. They're sudden, and they're based on fear of some headline. 
Um, but if you have a plan, then you're investing your money based on your strategy. You're taking advantage of yeah. this as you're selling because you're panicking. Smart investors are buying because they're going to achieve their goals. Well, what it comes down to is that we call that all or nothing portfolio, right? I'm going to make a 100% decision depending on what happens based on one event. And what we always say is like, have a portfolio that's ready for anything that can happen, right? Because what if Russia invades Ukraine? What if that increases oil prices, for instance? Well, if you have commodity exposure in your portfolio, you have energy exposure in your portfolio, that will benefit. On the flip side, what if nothing happens? And oil prices go down and the market goes even higher because that conflict or over that conflict. Well, you want to have money in the market to participate in that. And on the flip side, what if everything goes to hell? Excuse my language. And markets go down. Well, that's why you want to have a bond portfolio where bonds come due. You know, that's the whole idea is you want to build your portfolio predicated on your goals and on any situation that can happen, not just one situation. That's the biggest mistake we see. Well, that's the thing. If you have a portfolio based on your goals, right? You have a portfolio that's actually making money every single day. Well, all right. How can I be making money every day if it's down one day and up the other? Because half that return is coming from dividends and interest that accrue every day. You actually earn and accrue that money every single day. It gets paid out every quarter, every six months, regardless of whether Russia is sitting on the border of Ukraine or whether Jupiter is supposed to hit Mars this week. Well, that's right, because we're always focused on what the price of the market is. And it's irrelevant. At the end of the day, if you're diversified, you have a portfolio that you're invested in that's paying you cash flow. Well, if you're getting close to retirement, you're retired right now. That's what it's all about. It's that income that it produced no matter what the market's up or down. It's not about price. It's about cash flow that you can either compound or you can start living off of. You know, that's how you build a pro portfolio that's going to get you to financial independence. Well, that's so true, right? That's the thing. That's why you've got to make sure if you look at your portfolio right now, you got to ask yourself, is my portfolio built for the current environment? You know, for example, I have a client who works with one of these big firms, you know, the real great firm. They do a great job. And I said, well, how come you don't have any commodities in your portfolio, you know, to hedge your financial assets? It's because that firm that they work with doesn't sell commodities. All they have <laughs> in the portfolio is what they sell you. You know, the whole thing is to advertise and to promote their products and to work a plan where they're investing based on achieving their retirement goals, not yours. Bob, you're cynical, but it's true. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, you could use a second opinion. Like, look, inflation is real. Is your portfolio ready for that? You need an income plan for retirement as prices go up, costs go up. Have you accounted for that in your wealth plan? Well, if you're one of the next 10 callers, we do this every week. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full review. We'll do all the work up front. There's no other firm out there that will do this, put this all together for you at no cost. We literally go through everything. All you need to do is send us your holdings through our secure email server. We're going to do a full deep dive of every investment you own. We're going to look at the taxes you're paying. Are you paying too much in taxes? How can you optimize your taxes? We're going to show you. We're going to show you how to reduce costs on your portfolio, those hidden fees and those annuities, insurance products, brokers products, mutual funds. We're going to show you how to lower the costs on your portfolio put together a full income plan for retirement. How do you take social security? How do you optimize the portfolio income that you're receiving? How do you account for inflation? And is your portfolio invested correctly? If the market sells off big tomorrow, are you protected? Or are you sitting in cash earning nothing as inflation is going higher and higher? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over time. We have 10 slots. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, we'll show you how to get from point A to point B with the least amount of risk and the highest odds of success. 
All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over 750000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation and there's no cost, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call right now, 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, with the thousand or so families that we advise and the billion dollars under management that we have, you know, we even, it's not our first rodeo. <laughs> We've talked to lots of people over the years. We know what people are thinking. And I'm curious, some of these different statements that you've heard people say, is this something you've heard often, not often? For instance, when someone comes to you and says, hey, Bob, I'm in good shape. I'll be able to retire tomorrow. How often do you hear people say that? You know, Ryan, I don't often hear that because as the older you get, the more insecure you become about your financial situation. And unfortunately, in the investment business, you can have the title financial advisor, financial planner. You know, you can take any title you want. You can Anybody can hang a shingle. It doesn't mean they actually know how to do planning. In most cases, they're selling financial products. So, you know, the yeah. only way you can know if you do a real financial plan, right? Not, a, you know, not somebody's words against your fear, but an actual document. Well, yeah, because knowing what your financial future looks like takes a lot of the, let's say, trepidation out of your financial independence. And I hate to say it, a lot of times your financial advisor means you sell insurance. <laughs> and believe me, insurance is not an all or none solution for your plan. And it's one of these things too, Bob, where your life changes, right? Over, if you're retired, you could be retired for 20, 30 years and things are going to change along the way. So like kind of like that annual physical or showering, you should do it regularly to make sure that you're still on track. And what I see a lot of times is you go to a firm, they give you a risk tolerance test, then they recommend some products and then set it and forget it, which is the worst thing you can do when it comes to your financial health. You know, right. It's kind of like, you're right. It's like a financial physical as opposed to an actual physical. I mean, you go to the doctor, you're a runner, you're young, you're healthy. He can look and say, hey, Rye, you're in really good shape. He looks at me and he says, hey, Bob, we're doing a stress test. You know, you look a little beat up. You've been around a lot for a while <laughs> and you got to stress test your portfolio. You got to stress test your plan. Right? It's not just about buy low, sell high. You've got to have a strategy that's going to generate income net of inflation. Right? Inflation was 2% last year. It's now 7 Is your plan ready to handle that kind of stress, that kind of inflation? And we, that's what the question is. You know, and we can is. tell you it's, it's not, right? I mean, we look at, we'd say there's about 50 portfolios a month. We know what every firm on Wall Street offers. We know exactly how you're allocated right now. And the sad truth is you're probably not set up the way you should be. And like anything else, when it comes to your health, get that second opinion and make sure on a regular basis, someone is doing the stress test on your portfolio and running those numbers on what do you need to spend in retirement, whether you're retired now or you're going to be retired soon. What does that look like of inflation adjusted? How are you accounting for all those things? Like These are the questions you have to ask. Hey, Rye, how often do people come up to you and ask you, hey, what's hot in the market? What do you like, Rye? As opposed to you know, how often do you tell people what they need to do but you can tell as you're talking to them, their eyes are gla gla glazing over. They're not actually going to do it. How many times does that happen? 
Well, yeah, it's like you can you can tell someone blue in the face like this is what you need to do for your financial health, but to execute on it is another situation. And I think that's also another point here. Like I use a trainer to go to the gym because I know I'm not going to do it myself, Bob. I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, I'm not. You know, it's easy to say, well, I can give myself this whole discipline plan I'm going to follow. But when you're accountable and you have someone else saying you have to meet me at this time, this is what we're going to do in the gym today. It's way more effective. I have someone else who's making me accountable. And I think that's one of the things too, is like the older you get, the more dependent you are on your portfolio, the stakes are higher, and the more you probably want that financial wing person. Well, it's a lot of times you don't want that wing person, right? Because they're going to tell you, hey, hey, right, in your diet, I want you to eat a little more kale and a lot less chocolate cake, right? I mean, does that sound exciting or what? And the same thing is like, oh, I want to put some of this sugar in my portfolio. I want some Facebook, you know, I, I want some of this, you know, meta stock that's getting hammered right now. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, you don't want to, you know, you want something sexy in your portfolio. No, you don't, right? You want kale in your portfolio. You want something that's going to work and keep you healthy and help you to achieve your goals. But, you know, people yeah. don't like the diet. People don't like the budget. They don't like the plan. Well, you know, also just the boring, smaller things that you do, those tweaks, I call them, that really put you in a great position, right? Like this year, what tax strategies are you deploying on your portfolio? It might not mean a lot, but maybe every year converting some of your IRA to a Roth IRA where it's tax-free. You know, over time, that builds up to be a huge tax benefit, but you've got to look at it now because once you're 72, you know, all of your retirement accounts are ticking tax time bombs. So, you know, you've got to look at those little things when it comes to tax, when it comes to estate planning, setting things up correctly now that pay off huge benefits later. But you've got to start looking at these things now. Yeah, you really do, because it's not there's so many risks out there right now. You have the risk of higher inflation. You have the risk of higher interest rates. You have the risk of you outliving your money. You have the risk of the government increasing taxes. Right, there are more risks on the horizon than I've ever seen in my 47 years. You need to have a strategy to adjust to it. Now, yeah. you take the volatility that's going on right now, right? Should you just sit there, hold your hands, and let your advisor pat you on the head and tell you it's okay? <laughs> you know what, Bob? I, be, I feel a lot of comfort if you patted me on the head and told me things would be okay. But I digress. <laughs> but no, you're right. It's not, you you got to take action, right? I mean, the thing is, there are more unprecedented issues or dangers ahead that you've got to address. But there are so many things you can do proactively right now to protect yourself against it. But if you're not proactive, you are going to miss the boat and you're going to put yourself into danger. That's why it's so critical when it comes to financial planning, investing, to be proactive, not reactive. Because if you're reactive, as we know, it's always too late. We've been only doing this collectively, Bob, for over 45 years. And that's why, Ry, you know, sometimes, I mean, how often have you heard someone say, oh, I heard you just have to have a million dollars or $2 million and I'll be able to retire. I don't need to do any planning. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? Because everyone's situation is different. I mean, what if your neighbor has a pension? So they don't need as much money in a portfolio. Maybe your lifestyle is double what your your brother, your sister's family's lifestyle is. You know, you don't know those things. You know, planning is very, very individualized. And what you may need for retirement or even the way you take Social Security can be different. You know, there's no one size fits all approach. I hate that. Like, oh, take Social Security at 66. Take it at 70. No, it's like, what is the best for you? And that's what you have to determine. What's that number that you need? Is it a million, two million, three million? Maybe five million is predicated on lifestyle and other incomes coming in. But these things can't be done in a vacuum. Well, that's why I like to see a real projection. You know, I like to see a wealth projection that's done either, you know, online or on paper 
so that you can do the what if scenarios, do the stress test. You know, what if rates go up? What if inflation goes up? What if I retire early? You know, what if I gift money to my grandchildren? You know, these are the strategies you have to sit down and do once a year. And what really bothers me is almost every single person that responds to this radio show, Rye, that calls us, that meets with us, they don't have a plan to show us. They don't have anything in writing. They don't have any discipline that's being presented to them. They have a collection of investments. And to me, that's the most dangerous thing right now. If your portfolio is a collection of investments, willy-nilly, you're in, you're in trouble yeah. right now. Yeah, and if you're thinking about right now, I need that stress test. I need to know exactly where I stand, and I need to make those proactive moves to make sure I'm in the best position and higher inflation, higher taxes. Here's your shot to do it. We have six slots left. We do this every week. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, if you call or text right now, Bob and I will put together our famous total financial master plan, and we'll do it no obligation or cost. No other firm will do this work up front. We literally go through all your investments. We build you your own personalized financial portal to get a bird's eye view of your entire net worth. Start honing in on every financial issue you have that has to be addressed today, whether it's taxes. What are you paying in taxes that you shouldn't be? Are you being proactive? We're going to give you our tax playbook, show you how to optimize taxes, money saved in taxes, just as green as any money you can make invested. We're going to look at fees. What hidden fees are in your portfolio? Wall Street loves to grant. Wall Street loves to jam those fees into your portfolio and those mutual funds, annuities, insurance products. We're going to show you all the hidden costs are in your portfolio, how to reduce it. What is your income plan? How do you optimize Social Security? How are you going to make sure that you have an income plan for life that you don't run out of money? We're going to put together a full income plan, show you how to optimize the income on your portfolio, how to account for inflation so you don't run out of money. And we're going to look at diversification. Is your portfolio prepared for higher taxes and higher inflation? We're going to show you where all the holes are in your portfolio, how to protect yourself. And if you're sitting in cash, waiting, paralysis by analysis, we're going to put together a full investment game plan so you grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We have six lots left if you call or text right now. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692 or 844-PLAN-NYC. Just simply call 844 pl a-N-N-Y-C. If you're one of our next seven callers, you've saved over 750000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. But you won't have a plan if you don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844 844- Plan NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne and Ryan Payne from Payne Capital Management. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, markets were volatile once again, just like every week so far in 2022. Is it me or when it comes to the market, is it starting to feel like Groundhog Day? Actually, it was Groundhog Day this week when Punxsutawney Phil saw a shadow, meaning six more weeks of winter. Ugh. The Groundhog reminds me of many Wall Street analysts who are often wrong, but never in doubt. Now, the market volatility is a direct result of the fear investors feel about rising inflation and the bigger fear of what the Federal Reserve will do to control it. In January, 467,000 new jobs were added, much higher than expected than the 150,000 that analysts estimated. Unfortunately, we may be at that phase where good news 
is actually perceived as bad news. And unfortunately, the jobs report was perceived as too strong, with jobs and wage gains viewed as inflationary. Now, the fear is it may cause the Fed to raise rates by 50 basis points in March, which is higher than the current expectation of a quarter point. The thinking is if the Fed raises rates more than expected, it could possibly choke off economic growth. So we have great growth right now, and that's the good news. We have a great economy. And with all this volatility and recent price adjustments, stock valuations and the 10-year Treasury yield are both back to where they were before COVID-19. Now, earnings for most companies have exceeded expectations with almost 80% of companies reporting so far. Forecasts for the remainder of 2022 are also excellent. As one analyst said, it isn't investments that get tested in volatile markets. It's actually investors. Above all, what matters isn't what the market does, but what you do in response. My son, Ryan, and I have 76 years of combined industry experience of building tax-exempt, low-cost, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. I'm economist Steve Moore on WABC. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, I had told you at the top of the hour that we were going to have Bob Stefanowski on. Bob, uh, most of you know him. He was the uh, gubernatorial candidate in Connecticut who came within a whisker of winning last time, but he is now running this year, uh, and I think his chances are outstanding. He is a free market guy. He understands freedom. He understands growth. He understands the importance of lower taxes and a better run state. Bob, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. You and I uh, both grew up in the Arthur Laffer School of Economics, which is <laughs> I knew there was a reason you were so growth. smart. <laughs> so, um, Bob, uh, Connecticut had a terrible, terrible um, performance when it came to dealing with COVID, both from a health standpoint and from the standpoint of just destroying small businesses, locking down schools. Uh, the governor, Ned Lamont, I think, has to be held accountable for what happened in the great state of Connecticut during this period. What um and then you were showing me the other day some new evidence of a kind of cover-up of nursing home deaths, which sounded eerily familiar to what happened with Cuomo in New York. Well, if there's one thing we've learned, Steve, as you know from COVID, is that one size does not fit all. Right. And, and Governor Lamont, I think largely because he was trying to manage the numbers, he shut down the entire Connecticut economy and he shut down restaurants and hair yep. salons and and as a result, the COVID numbers are middle of the pack in terms of vaccinations and deaths. But we're still the only state in the entire country that hasn't recovered the jobs from the Great Recession. And, and he has bruised and damaged this economy um, without any tangible upside on, on, on the, the benefits from COVID. We can talk about nursing homes, but, but he took a, a sledgehammer to COVID and basically shut everything yeah. down. And, and, and small businesses across the state are feeling that right now. So tell me about the, but I do think this is a bit of a scandal 
uh, what what has happened with these new nursing home numbers and tell our listeners about that because I was my mouth my jaw just dropped open when I saw that story well, and I know that you've really been putting some of this data together. You know, it's um, it's amazing that, that first of all, it's amazing that he did this to, to cut to the chase. Um, yeah. At the start of January, our hospitals were absolutely overflowing and the governor didn't sorry, do a very you good mean job. January of 2000, sorry. Do you mean yeah, January, January of 2021 or 22? January of 2022 um, with oh. the Omicron spike. Yeah, right. um, our hospitals were were overflowing with patients, and and yeah. Governor Lamont didn't think ahead. He didn't set up step down facilities. So what he first mandated, and then he backed off and said he suggested it, was that we put patients coming out of hospitals infected with COVID to put them into nursing homes. And isn't that exactly what Cuomo you know, did? Wait, well, wait, it's wait, what wait, Cuomo wait. did at the start of the pandemic, and was yeah, roundly. I know, but uh, I, this is up, but Bob, this is, up, I mean, if I understand you correctly, this is even worse than what Cuomo did, because at least Cuomo could, could claim ignorance that he didn't realize that this was going to cause all sorts of health hazards. I mean, he should have realized it. But now, I mean, we have so many stories of what happened in Michigan and New Jersey and New York. I can't imagine a governor would put sick patients in a nursing home in this kind of environment. Uh, it's, it's beyond description. Um, I still don't know why he did it. Um, he's in an election year, and he, he knows it's going to hurt him politically. He knows yeah. more, much more importantly than an election year. He knows it's the wrong thing to do because right. over three-quarters of the deaths in Connecticut were, from COVID were people age 65 or over. So no. why would well, you ever well, introduce many, them into there been any, Have there been any deaths in the nursing homes in the last month or two? Yeah, we, we've had uh, – the, the number of deaths is up for the month before he put the policy in. Yeah, right. We had um, th- there's been four times the number of deaths. We've had 94 people, residents of nursing homes, die in the four weeks that he's put this policy in. That's four times the number of people that died in nursing homes before he put the policy into place. Wow, wow, that that is a hell of a story. I mean, I I, I think that needs to be uh, really becomes common knowledge if you're a Connecticut resident. Uh, by the way, this is exactly, you know, the kind of incompetency we saw with Murphy in New, in New Jersey and Cuomo in New York. And I'm just shocked that, you know, that he would do something that um, deadly, deadly. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, but, Steve, but, if, you look, if, if you look at infections, they went from 965 the four weeks before he put this policy right. into place. Right. So these are people in, in nursing homes that have been affected. Yeah. After his policy, the, the next four weeks was 2,378. Almost, uh, more, well, more than doubling. So uh, why? Why would he do that? I don't know. It's amazing to me that we haven't gotten national attention on this issue because, yeah. to your point earlier, we know it's a problem from what Cuomo did. Um, I just think he didn't have anywhere else to put them because he didn't plan ahead. And I think he was right. getting pressure from the hospitals because they were overflowing. And I think it was it was the only thing he could do. But but man, Steve, to, to be doing that, you know, close to 100 people died because of this policy. And, and it's amazing so, that, that more more people aren't talking about it. Well, I want to buy this message. we got to get this in the Wall Street Journal and the newspapers in Connecticut. I know you've got a lot of liberal media there that doesn't want to touch this story, but we've got to get it out. Let me uh, just in our last few minutes, I, I uh, loved what you talked about 
when you were running for governor four years ago about, you know, really fixing the tax system, making the making the uh, making the state more uh, the state government more cost effective, uh, you know, giving more choice to parents with schooling. What, what's your kind? What are some of your the top things when you become governor? And by the way, I'm talking about Stefanowski. He's running for governor of Connecticut, and would, what a breath of fresh air it would be to have a, actually a Republican who knows something about business running that state. Uh, what are some of your top priorities? Well, it's really three things. Number one is affordability, which includes taxes, but it's also having the second highest utility rates in in the country. Um, it's also about the price of gas, which has gone crazy in Connecticut. The second- What are you, what are you paying there in Connecticut now? Oh, to, a normal person pays $65, $70 to fill up their gas tank. Um, and, and again, it, it's people just can't afford it. And the, the utility bill is the biggest one, Steve. A, a utility bills are more than people's car payment right now. Unbelievable. Um, so that's and by number way, do you have Number two- do you have the crazy- uh, renewable energy requirements on your utilities? Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a mandated amount of renewable in Connecticut. They, they actually classify nuclear as renewable, and we've got an old nuclear plant that's very expensive to operate. Um, so that's one of the reasons the prices are going up. The number of taxes, yeah. Governor Lamont is trying to introduce a, a transportation climate initiative tax on top of gas, which is oh, already very expensive. It's crazy. So, so that's number one. Number two is public safety. Um, you know, that's the number one function of government, Steve. Is it, it's not telling people, you know, they have to mask their kids when they go to school. It's not shutting down restaurants. It's keeping people safe. And we had record years in terms of violent crime in both Hartford and New Haven. And then the third is transparency, accountability in government and, and, and working for the people rather than the people working for government. There was a grand jury investigation announced this week on the Lamont administration about nepotism and and firing people. And we have just seen the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's going to come out in Connecticut. Hmm. So are people still, you know, when I go to uh, to Florida, because I go to Florida a lot in the winter, I mean, I see so many Connecticut license plates and New York and New Jersey, Connecticut especially. And I've got, I must know, five or six pretty well-to-do people who are, you know, millionaires and uh, one or two billionaires who've actually just moved out of Connecticut because they feel like it is so expensive. The taxes are, you know, so high. And uh, how do you reverse that tide? How do you bring people back to Connecticut? Well, with the, with the hires, it's, it's reversing the death tax. We're, we're still one of the few states that have a death tax. That needs to go away. Um, oh, sure. You know, we got to try to bring anybody, our margin. Why would anybody who makes, you know, let's say you've got some, uh, you know, maybe a, uh, you build up five, 10, 15, $20 million of wealth or more. Why, why would anybody die in Connecticut? <laughs> it doesn't make, and then, the, then they take all their wealth out of the state. I mean, it's, it seems like it's one of the craziest policies I've ever heard. In Florida, you don't have to pay any debt tax. So why would, why not spend your last years of life in a state where they're not going to take away, you know, when you count the federal portion, half of your life savings? Yep, it's exactly right, and it's a it's a why at the upper end of the income sale you see people going out, but there's also regressive taxes. We have a six point three five percent state in um, sales tax in addition to a six point nine 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 state income tax, and with inflation and the price of goods going up and a fixed rate for sales at six point three five percent, that's hitting the middle class who the Democrats claim to want to protect, and they're hurting them the most. So we've got to bring the sales tax rate down as well. 
Uh, all right. Well, that is uh, Bob Stefanowski, folks. He is uh, uh, a good friend, a smart guy who knows something about business, knows something about running things. He's a free market guy, a supply center outlapper. If anybody can turn around the state of Connecticut, Bob Stefanowski can. Bob, thanks so much. Let's check in in a, in a month or so and see if we resolve this problem with the nursing homes. It's one of the most outrageous scandals I've heard. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back in one minute. We'll take a couple of your calls. Don't forget the More Money Hotline, 1-800-844, I'm sorry, 1-800-848-9222. It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. It's more money. We've got about two minutes. I apologize. We kind of ran out of time, but I want to hear from you, Kyle. Let's start with you from Westchester very quickly. We're running out of time. What do you got for me? Hey, good afternoon. I saw Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google, and there was a podcast that says Google Danielle Sattel. Um, the judge says he's going to jail me if I could prove we took a bribe. And the YouTube upload, just scroll down to the last 20-second video, says murder. Drive to 1548. Judge says, hey, I, talk, I go to jail. I have to cut you off. Let's go to John in Staten Island. Hello? 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 John, it's, oh, uh, you're on the air. Quickly, Thanks, we're running Steve. out of time. Listen, I was going to say, since we've got a Democrat governor, I'm in New York in Staten Island. Yeah. But, uh we have uh, Murphy, who worked for Goldman Sachs. We had uh, yeah. Quasi worked for Goldman Sachs. Yes. All that money yes. that they – I'm sorry? Yeah, no, you're right. They, all these rich uh, Goldman Sachs people have destroyed the state of Connecticut, New Jersey. You know, I mean, you're right. I, you're spot yeah. on. What? And my question oh. is, all the money sorry. that they use – yeah, what the question is, all the money that they use that, you know, was printed up, that was bailed out to all these states. Now, if that money goes to Goldman Sachs, if they make 10 times money over on their fist on these accounts, shouldn't they go back to the taxpayers? Yes, of Goldman yes, Sachs yes, yes. Giving them any you are exactly right, John. Thank you for the call. Thank you, folks, for listening to more money. Next week, I'll take way more of your questions. I'm not going to have guests. I'm going to take all your questions. Thanks. Thanks for listening. It's more money, and have a great weekend. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.